Good morning. I'm your host, Claudia Shambaugh, welcoming you to the July 18, 2023 edition of Ask a Leader. Today, my guests for the full hour are John Fanestil, Executive Director of Via Internacional and longtime leader of Friends of Friendship Park, and Ricardo Arana Camarena, the Director of the Food Justice Project Cultiva Ya and co-creator of the Community Garden Project around the Bi-National Garden of Native Plants on the Mexican side of the park. It's hot all right on planet Earth and conditions along that slice, that special slice of the border, no less. Unlike any other that part. So it's just a mere 105 miles from the station. We'll be right back. We've got uh, Houston. We've got issues. Somebody, we lost one of the calls. Okay, Ricardo, are you with me? We're going to wait for John to check back in, but I, I can introduce you first, and then, well, let's let's hope we can bring John in. It's a, <laughs> I'm the only one engineering here, so that's the way it works. So, uh, welcome back to the show. As I said, my guests for the full hour are John Fenestil and Ricardo. Arana Camarena is the director of the Food Justice Project, Cultiva Ya. Well, folks, we're going to have to settle for that. Uh, we're not, I'm not sure how I can engineer John in here. And uh, we may, I may have to break them up in two segments. And that's my deep apologies. Ricardo, you're still with us, are you not? I am here. Hello. Okay, thank you. And I'm going Great. to introduce you. My guest with us, maybe John Fanstil, Executive Director of the International and Friends of Friendship Park Associations here. We're going to have Ricardo carry this for the while. He can because he's been doing it for quite a few decades now. He's the director of the Food Justice Project Cultiva Ya, which teaches people how to grow their own food. He's co-created the Community Garden Project around the Binational Garden of Native Plants on the Mexican side that currently serves dozens of community members every week and is under threat from the new walls slated to be installed by the U.S. government, the matter which we're talking about today. As an environmental advocate and eco-literacy facilitator in the Tijuana region, Ricardo's developed projects regarding right-to-know, environmental health, water, and food security, and plastic pollution issues. He teaches agroecology, fermentation, and peace-building, all, all on the, the, in that no special order, but all together. And along with his, this, he's developed a program to provide easy-to-deploy technologies in Tijuana shelters that tend to the migrant, refugee, and asylum-seeking community. We've talked a little bit about this where there's some apps that give sort of an uneven access over the border of prospective asylees. Ricardo completed his bachelor in social communication at Universidad Autumna de California in Baja 
and complete his global environmental education studies with the Cornell University Civic Ecology Lab. He comes to us today from Tijuana, and maybe John Fanestil is going to figure out some way from Mesa in the San Diego County. We're live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Ask a Leader, Ricardo Arana Camarena. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity. I hope uh, John can connect. And uh, I want to say hi to your audience. Well, thank you for that. And do, if you can position or speak louder, our listeners will not miss anything because it's so important. Well, first, we're going to start with the park itself. And as I've mentioned in preparation with John and with others, we have covered, Ricardo, a lot of immigration policy and dynamics on both sides of the border. So we're going to specialize in the Friendship Park segment and the surrounding state park and the federal properties and all that. It's unlike any other stretch of the U.S.-Mexican border. If you would like to just Talk. If you, I'm, I know you're familiar with the background, uh, even it's on this other side here where we are. It's a remarkable stretch, and the mission that First Lady then in 1971, Pat Nixon had a very quaint, by today's standards, a an, a, a project here. So, if you want to take us back to 1971, what this was like at the time, where there was just there was barbed wire, and she could. She could cl- had her people, her detail, clear that a bit so she could come over and shake hands with everybody in Tijuana. So give us that little bit of setting there. Sure, yes, of course. Um, well, the place, as you say, is very unique environmentally. Um, that's where the Tijuana River watershed drains uh, at the Imperial Beach, uh, so in, in the US, on the U.S. side. So it has its own environmental value for uh, guess what? Migrating species, right? Mainly uh, birds, but many other species. And a few centuries back, it would be a place where uh, Kumeyaay Nation uh, peoples would gather for uh, summertime and uh, um, eat uh, seafood while um, being nomads, right? Well, in the, in the region. And then uh, in the 20th century, uh, the Mexican side started being developed at around the 60s. And it became a neighborhood at, at the end of the 60s, in the middle of the 60s, actually. So it became a place to meet with people from both sides and, you know, just uh, have a picnic, uh, have a hug, uh, see your long-time um, non-seen cousin or whatever. Uh, just a place for friendship. And um, as it turns out, the less restriction there were, the more respect for the place there was, right? People would meet. Uh, you know, um, go to either of the sites of the of the nations and then go back to the place, you know, because it was just a place for meeting. However, um, uh, and, and yes, as you say, in, in 1971, um, the First Lady, uh, Pat Nixon, um, visited the place and asked her security um, uh, guard to cut the barbed wire and allow people to enter and hug. And she called it a friendship park. And it's been called like that ever since uh, by a lot of people from both sides that uh, understand that uh, probably friendship's a better policy than, uh, you know, hatred or a lot of restriction. And, um, however, um, and, and, you know, it, it, it just went. Uh, it was a customary place for people to meet. And uh, it went on like that for uh, a few decades until um, in the mid-'90s. 
border policy started to uh, get more strength, be more fearful, actually resembling more a uh, warlike uh, policy than, you know, um, neighboring countries' policy. Uh, it has not, not, not stopped being harnessed, being protected, you know, against some threat that, you know, people who, us who live there don't see that threat. We only see uh, people wanting to, to have a better life, right, as most of us do. So um, right now we're in a the current situation is is hard because um, the the wall keeps just getting bigger. It's now being. Uh, we'll talk about uh, that, Ricardo. One moment. We'll set that aside because I'm going to have you detail the sort of yes. sort of the cross section from the let's say the vibrant sort of garden uh, commercial sort of atmosphere on the Tijuana side and all, what it looks like where. Uh, we are in the state park on the other side. We're going to break that all down. But so would you venture to say, Ricardo, that this is a special place because there was not just because of Tijuana, because there's other border towns on the Mexican border all across to, to the Gulf of Mexico. But would make was that aspirational, that state park that Pat Nixon was involved with back in the day, was it? Was that a, sort of a way to put a different kind of a there there, or because um, I just want to know why it? Why do you think it happened here and it never quite took off in that special way elsewhere along the border? Yeah. Um, or was well, it people like that, you that kept turning over the dirt and making more and more every little cubic inch of, of dirt and uh, every bit of commerce? On both sides, that, that those all those things contributed to what makes this a special segment. Yes, of course. Well, uh, in the in the in the Mexican side and the China side, um, there are no like uh, in, in city city wise, there are not many nat- urban natural areas where you can go and have a rest. You know, a, a green area, a beautiful um, I don't know river or spring. And so, a very uh, we, currently we have two big um, urban natural areas where people uh, massively can go and um, and uh, have a and uh, what you do in a natural area, right? Uh, rest, have fun, enjoy your kids, and that's um, one. One is a, a a park, a municipal park, and the other one's the beach. So, in a sense, uh, everybody in Tijuana go to the beach and visit the beach. Ricardo, please do a sound check for me. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So we were talking about the specialness, and you were talking about the different land uses along that make this stand out, make this happen. Yes. So it's a a place where uh, people in Tijuana can go refresh during summertime, um, feel the the marine breeze. Um, So it's a a place actually where... um, the cities meet so almost like a natural breeze. So it's the ocean. The ocean is a, a real important factor then. That's part of it. Yes, as, as San Diego has a very important local uh, community or um, orientation, right? So it's our vocation, our coastal cities. Um, yes. And um, we enjoy being at the beach, so why not be together? So, and I'm wondering, when you were back to the sort of the continual arming of that section, 
in the in the 90s and all that and i'm remembering there were also those um those sort of uh, not the vigilantes I'm, i had the word here earlier before all this excitement on the, the consoles happening is the um the uh the oh, the vigilante name Ah, I, it'll come to me, ladies and gentlemen. But it's, I'm just wondering if there were sort of like these paramilitary kind of uh, Minutemen. There was a Minutemen that were sort of, everybody was kind of practicing their sort of law enforcement fantasy along that are sort of ratcheting up the kind of theater and uh, the threat of the, you know, what was a sort of a, an, a social kind of a setting. Well, I, I wouldn't say there were Minutemen like uh, vigilantes in the area. Uh, however, there has always been like two different energies, right? Um, right? There's, for example, the people who go and will um, out of um, humanity, <coughs> humanitarian reasons, uh, they will go and um, leave water jobs or canned food, food uh, at some places for migrants um the drink of water people who will go and punch those water jars right. and uh, empty them and you know get rid of the food so it's always been obviously it's a, a place where two cultures clash and meet so it's a, it's a complex place however i i've been a um, volunteer for the for the garden for 17 years now and uh I would have to say, because I was reflecting on this this morning, um, yes. the, the most I've met, the most uh, I've, I've encountered is uh, friendship and uh, people wanting to meet and you know, just um, be friends and, um, and uh, wanting to, you know, with, with curiosity to know about uh, each other's cultures. And, 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 um, speak, um, yes, speak in. Yes, in the 90s, it started to harness and became, it, it started to become more uh, warlike. So, Ricardo, can you speak right in there? I, you're fading a little bit there for our listeners. To, we're missing okay. a few of your vital, vital takes here. So, yes. so the, you're talking about the, the special things there. So I want to also mention that on the state side now, there is the Borderfield State Park Beach. And so yes. from the american side of participating in this park area that it's now closed the actual entrance to the state park one must park outside and it's a matter of you can bicycle you can walk it's almost two miles and it's sort of it's not very welcoming is my experience of that when i finally got to go out onto that side i've been to the other, the Tijuana side before, most recently 2019. But this part, it's uh, it's not the most welcoming. It's not it's not accessible to everybody, and it's a it's a kind of a a sad kind of uh, like an entry. Once you get to the beach, and you're sort of you're good again. But it's do, I don't do you get to spend time on that side to to uh, experience that, and you can describe that to our listeners. On the Mexican side. The, on the American side, the Borderfield oh, yeah. State Park. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, well, um, I haven't been there for a, a, a while now, but yes, as you say, uh, you have to park uh, far away from the um, beach or the border and walk yourself um, or bike yourself inside. And um, the experience I get from the people I meet 
Um, I meet a lot of people back in the day. Right now, so restricted that I don't. But um, but when I talk to people who who have be, has has been there, and I talk to a lot of people, um, they feel this awkwardness of you know um, like like they feel their own land is restricted. And uh, I talked to people this year. I've talked to people, uh, kids from Chicago, yes, Seattle, Colorado, New York, um, someone Arizona, right now, uh, Arizona. Yeah, exactly. And um, they experience these, um, and and you know, uh, the, especially the guys from Seattle, they experience the Canadian, the U.S. Correct. border. Yes, and they just don't understand how this is part of the country, really. Like uh, what. What has, what's happening here? And so, um, so yes, it's not welcoming, like um, by design, right? And so, um, right now with uh, all the, the restrictions, it's even more unwelcoming. That uh, uh, you know, you used to register and uh, show some ID to be able to go in, into the, or, or reach the, the the border fence, and it just come to a point that it's no action at all. And so by design, geographically, it's a bit unwelcoming. Uh, by design, it's unwelcoming. And right now, policy-wise, it's just uh, not welcome. Well, unwelcoming so, and unclear. I mean, it's just, I, you know, I had all the best intentions Sunday to, to go to the border church. Well, jo- that would be John's specialty, if, but if I could only figure out how to get him through here. But I'm afraid we're going to have to maybe have him appear in a separate section. For those of you who've just joined us, we are talking about... The friendship part there at the well, we're talking the Tijuana side. We're going and we're talking through it onto the the American side. And my guest anchoring this all down is Ricardo Arana Camarena, and he's the director of the Food Justice Project Cultiva Ya, teaching people how to grow their own food. And he's co-creator of the Community Garden Project on in this by National Garden of Native Plants on the Mexican side. So. There is an evolution of this hardening of the border. I'm just going to say border in the most generic reference so that you can, if you can give us a little bit of the evolution from, let's say, we're, we're way past the barbed wire fence that Pat Nixon's security crew could clip through. Then there was, bring us to where families used to be able to unite they could talk through slats they could get right you know right on the same fence together start with that structure at that year and sort of date what each structure has been up until now with the federal and state sections and the brand new 30 foot wall so bring us from where the the people could could meet and hold hands through the gate and through the wall, and all the way to where we are in almost August 2023. A, a big lift, but I just walk for people who haven't witnessed it yet, but I want them, I want this to be an incentive for them to see for themselves. So walk us through that evolution, please, Ricardo. Of course, yes. Well, um, so as you say, and we're, and we're talking about it, back in the 70s, it would be a place for people to actually like, like the all the pictures I see, from um, the memories of uh, people who used to visit. It's a picnic-like scene, right? Everybody's sitting down, laughing, um, eating something, sharing food, and, um, you know, just um, having fun. 
I, like, I, that's what uh, the pictures I see from the 70s and the 80s. Uh, my memories, my actual memories come from the 90s, uh, where I, I came to live in the region. And um, I, I still saw some of that. And as the border, the physical border, the structures were, as you say, being built on and off or, 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 or once and again, um, so it, the, the, the scene would change. And in the late 90s, it was more like uh, about people who couldn't see each other because of uh, any situation, like um, migratory situation, right, or legal status. They couldn't, uh, some, some people can't come into the U.S. or go into, uh, or, or come into Mexico. So there would be more like people who are, want, you know, just wanting to see each other for, uh, uh, through the fence, through the border uh, wall, because uh, they can't specifically be together in one of the countries. So that was more like the scene up until, I would say, 2010. That would be the, the most um, occurring situation. People who can't see each other regularly and go their visit. And, you know, we're talking about obviously people from California and Baja California, but people from all over Mexico and people from all over the U.S. would come to this place where it would be physically uh, more possible to uh, reach and talk to each other. And as the um, restrictions became more progressive and more and stronger, it actually was just uh, more difficult. And uh, it came to a point where um, this couldn't happen on a regular basis, on a day-to-day basis, but rather just on the weekend. So um, at some point, there was a secondary wall built, another fence, um, I would say, uh, like a hundred feet uh, from the from the from the border. There's another from the original sort of borderline. Yes, inside, and that created the federal swath. Yes, and that, and so it was. There, there would be uh, restricted access. So, in the in the original design, when the, when this place were, when this fence was designed, uh, one of the members of the Friendship Friendship Park Coalition, which is uh, a very famous architect, uh, James Brown, proposed a uh, sliding gate, a big, it's a huge sliding gate, part of the secondary wall, that would be able to open. So that actually during some uh, like weekends or, or some uh, special occasions, that they would uh, sort of disappear for a part of, in a part of the of the of the place, and people just would just come from the U.S. and side and join and meet again. And Ricardo, but, uh, to Ricardo, be honest, I've, I don't think that that gate ever ever sleeps. And Ricardo, I just want to mention, people can go to the Friendship Park website and there are some design competitions and you can like let your mind explode with some of those in vis- these visualizations of how people could sort of be together uh, in, in different ways. So it's a, it, was a, it was quite an eye-opener to, just to think about what might be otherwise. So back to, back to the hard, hardscape, and I mean that. I say that advisedly, the hardscape of... The wall construction, where people could be together, uh, they could be touching each other. They they couldn't quite hug each other, but they could maybe they could grasp yeah. each other's hands, and then it became a matter of a a kind of a a grating, so that they could put their pinky through and they could touch pinky. So let's just keep building that hardening of that border uh, description. Yeah, exactly. That that's one of the turning points. Uh, you could you know uh, you high five or touch. 
your your friend's hand or your family member's hand and 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 talk to each other. But then there there was this mesh that was installed in the early 2000s, and uh, so it was just a matter of, of uh, they call it the the the, the, pink, the pinky hug. People who are go regularly, uh, they call it the pinky hug. And so yeah, uh, I I think it was around. Uh, so so we we planted a a native flora garden back in 2007 because there 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 were still there there were restrictions to be on the U.S. side, but not as many. So my friend Daniel Wadman, who um, is part of the a, a big member of the of the Friends of Friendship Park Coalition, uh, he would do this meetup project. So it was called Border Meetup, and they would he would organize you know a yoga class on both sides of the border. So people would bring their yoga mats, wow, a yoga session there on both sides, and um, you know some other meetup uh, strategies. You know, just come and talk or or teach teach Spanish to someone who's willing to or wanting to uh, practice their Spanish. You know, a lot of uh, different uh, motives to come and meet to the, the border. And on one of these activities, uh, it occurred to Daniel, with the, because these all were ephemeral, you know, he would go and meet and do some, some fun activities, something that brings people together. But then you, everybody would leave. So he thought, well, why don't we plant a garden that would be less ephemeral? And so we planted a garden. We brought kids from both sides, a middle school and a high school, a middle school in the in Tijuana, a high school in the San Diego area, and they came and planted native flora. And ever since the start, the garden has been existing in that place. And it's, it's always been a way for people to come together, uh, know each other, make friends, and also learn about the, um, uh, the original ecosystem, uh, you know, that, that was the, the original natural border, the ocean, and some, maybe some ravine, maybe some change of, of weather and, and ecosystem. And so we, we have been there. Uh, as the border hardens itself, or it hardens. So I think it was around 2010. I can work up. We're starting to get faint. Was built. Yes. Yes. Another wall that was built, the, the, the original wall was rebuilt or um, renewed. And so we had to take all of the plants of the garden into pots, put them, uh, we took them to my patio, and they lived there for almost a year uh, wow. until the, 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 the construction was completed and we could go back and plant. And I'm talking about the Mexican size. Because the plants on the U.S. Correct. were lost that time. And right now, uh, well, yes, until the border has been, been harnessed, the restrictions around the, the area have been, I would say, um, borderline crazy now, really, because there is nothing to do. I'm sorry, the last part? Uh, I, I would say that the, the, the restrictions ab- around the place uh, are kind of like a borderline crazy now because nobody can reach the place, nobody's allowed, and uh, it's actually um, just become a surveillance uh, place, not a meeting. Well, so, Ricardo, I want you to, I want for listeners to understand, so there's the 18-foot steel wall that is uh, now with the, the mesh, that's on right uh, right on the actual international border. Then there is a paved 
swath, which is a demarcating the federal sort of jurisdictional property. And as it was described to me as in preparation for when I was there Sunday, it's for high speed traffic. So it's it's very paved so that no native yeah. plants can go through the pavement, right? So that's that's already redefining the turf there. But it's there so that the Customs Border Patrol can drive their pickups and their little scooter guys. They can drive them up and down along the wall whether for when other uh, people are scaling a wall at some point and walking to, um, you know, uh, surrender themselves. But there's, there's also, I understand, it's a very sort of technically, uh, there's, there's so much surveillance equipment that you either can see or that I believe I was explained that surveilling equipment that will register pressure on the pavement. I mean, there's all kinds of means for a detection of anybody in there. And to go onto the federal property is a, a trespassing uh, charge. One could be um, put on, uh, and so and then on the other side of that paved area on the between, let's say, the border between the state and the federal property is now yeah. the thirty-foot wall. So I don't know where where you want to take that your description and the project work you're doing uh, in in that segment that I just set up. Great. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Exactly. So the the the, the binational garden um, used to be well. There there are a few plants now. Uh, it, it it's comprised of different circles that are intersected by the border wall. So each one half of each circle belongs to either. U.S. side or the Mexican side, and this uh, there seem like uh, circles. There's one circle for uh, yellow flowers, native yeah, native plants with yellow flowering. There is uh, another circle um, having a um, a big big bush that is a holly, uh, um, a California holly, and um, there is another uh, circle that we call, call the wish garden, where people write wishes. Uh, on rock, and so all these circles are intersected by the border. As you say, it is an iron, uh, 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 it's a metal, I don't call it a wall, I, I know it's a wall, it's more like a fence-like structure in the sense that it's beam, uh, upright uh, metal beam, 18-foot beams that are erected along the, the border. And there's a place where the mesh up and then just yeah there's just beams and as you say um, our garden is uh, between between the, the border the actual border and the secondary one that divides the federal position. and so the and, um, the plan is going to be that the current on the actual international border 18 foot wall there will be the the over the next uh, to, and by September, there will be the it will be replaced by a thirty foot wall, the same design as the wall separating the state and federal properties. Is this correct? Yes, yes. The the the, the one separating federal and state properties is now being solved. It's almost finished, and it's uh, a thirty foot wall. And um, the the actual wall, the actual border, will be replaced. By the same, or, a, or an eighteen, uh, a thirty-foot wall, 
So yeah, the 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 landscape is changing. Um, the the wilderness is being kept from uh, going from one side to the other, and um, it's just um, yeah. I think it's so. Uh, I keep saying like warlike because um, it's just huge. And uh, uh, well, for what we know, uh, the design is actually a. Uh, mortal design in the sense that the reason for the very foot wall to be installed is that at that height, any human will lose their orientation, the sense of orientation. So it's more easy, it's easier to fall if you are at that height. So that's the mortal, one of the mortal reasons for that height. The other one has to do with uh, when you fall from that height, it's almost uh, certain that you will be killed or have um, um, injuries that will kill you later or will leave you uh, with a lifelong uh, problem. And so that's another mortal reason for the person wall. So, Ricardo, while you speak about that, if John were here, we'd be talking about what the Friendship Park activists are. They meet regul- uh, monthly over Zoom sessions, and I'll direct people to the website so they can get notifications of when those Zoom sessions are occurring. But the next meeting yeah. in August will be bringing an emergency room doctor who's going to talk about the kind of traumatic injuries he's seeing in San Diego from asyl- prospective asylees scaling the 18-foot wall. And you're saying it's impossible to uh, to scale a 30-foot wall and survive it. But I, I think some of the actors that's mentioned to me is that, that he's been able, at the ER doc, to sort of calibrate. He's able to anticipate what kinds of injuries for those who may actually uh, make it over. But um, So we'll, we, yeah. we're going to save that topic, but I just wanted to give people an opportunity to know how they can find out more with those kinds of experts that speak monthly at the and i don't know were you at the last meeting two mondays ago uh no i okay. missed it but but yes as you say there is this, this uh silence around this thing happening in the er room uh all across the border where where whatever the 32 walls are already stopped and so i don't i expect that sometime we can have real metrics of you know yeah. showing the correlation between the wall and the er uh, our rooms being crowded and uh, cramped with these kinds of injuries. For those of you who've just joined us, my guest is Ricardo Arana Camarena. He's the director of the Food Justice Project Cultiva Ya, and this is teaching people how to grow their own food and about native plants. He's involved with this binational garden of native plants on the Mexican side in the Friendship Park vicinity of the international border. And so... I don't know if you wanted to add some more about uh, the design. Other, I, I just want to in, just drop in here that for people to envision the way the 30-foot wall works or look, where, how it's visually is you can see if you're, you're looking straight at it, you can see through it. But as you move further, if your line of sight is maybe several yards either direction to, to look in that direction – the slats are such that it will obscure your view at all of, of what's on the other side of the fence. So it's not it's not a slab. I looked it up. The ones that are erected around the West Bank are concrete, solid concrete. These are slats you can see 
until you can't see anymore through the wall by the way it's designed. So I just wanted to make sure people started to think about that. Yes, of course. And, you know, if they go, if someone goes to the Instagram, the Friends of Friendship Park yes. Instagram page, they can see lots of uh, videos that many of us have been recording to document this. And, and you can actually see how it's being replaced and um, um, erected and, and how it's, uh, what, what we are talking about, the feeling of the change of landscape. It, I, I didn't think it was going to be a big issue, but now that we we're seeing it, it's actually blocking the, the, the side. We used to have a beautiful view of the San Diego Bay area, almost down now. And, um, and yes, it is, um, there's a, a sense of, um, of frightness. Speak up. There's a sense of frightness and fear when you look at that. You know, so, uh, um, um, to be so tall and, um, and you lose sight of the neighboring of the neighboring city and the beautiful skyline of the San Diego Bay Area. So the wall, the construction of the second thirty foot wall scheduled, I think am I right? It's it's scheduled to be completed on in the side on the, the right along the international border itself, that's scheduled to be completed in September of this year? As far as we know, it is. We are always hoping we'll stop and um, our garden will not be destroyed. And, uh, because it would be displacing the construction pad and uh, for to complete the wall and it would be absolutely displacing that. So it would be a it would create a blight on I don't know, how how deep of a swath would that that construction pad be? I'm sure you know all those details. Well, uh, we count. Actually, it's so secretive. That oh. The way, um, even with all the... Um, Speak up, please. Yeah, so so we don't have many details. It's uh, national security reasons. But uh, we've been seeing that, and um, uh, it's actually struck to us that uh, there isn't that big as we thought. We we haven't been able to see it because it's just so restricted. When we when if the, the border wall or, or the, the thirty foot wall replaces the current one, we will be able to see uh, how deep is that. But yes, for example, for the current eighteen foot wall, um, the there was an eight foot footing that was excavated. So um, has to be big. And yes, the construction um, as far as I've seen. And people can see in the Instagram page of Princess Princess Park is just um, it's just amazing, like all this machinery that's being deployed to, um, to create or to erect a wall. Um, I am not sure of the depth of the deepness of it, but it is uh, it's big, and the machinery there is big, and um, and they work with a uh, with very very much efficiency. We lost you there. Keep speaking. Yes. So I'm not sure of the size of the slab, but um, it is big. Where the, the machinery that uh, has been working there for the past few months is just this big machinery, a specialized machinery for uh, digging trenches and installing the wall. So, Ricardo, I want to go from the... They were talking the hardware, and now I want to sort of 
have our closing sort of discussion concern ourselves with the, I don't know if it's called the software part. The software is certainly the, the way the Customs Border Patrol sort of up fan up and down uh, in that swath. And the, and the other part of the software is this kind of leadership dynamic in the plea from the friendship park organization is for people to join them in having the construction cease. However, um, and you, I understand there is on the American side, the congressional, the Senate candidates, the, the incumbent Senator Padilla, all, all of the sort of California representatives are on board with trying to intervene in completing this 30-foot wall. However, the governor and President Biden, both with, we're going to put them in the kind of federal arena. They're no longer dealing with a California constituency. Gavin Newsom, governor of California, and President Biden are all behind completing this border wall. And I, I just want to say that they're looking at two different constituencies, and that's sort of that's the software part of this, the hardware uh, proposal. I want to know if, and I'm also looking at what's reinforcing that federal constituency. Uh, the the Houston Chronicle recently is talking about this kind of, you know, there's there's so much going on economically and socially over this international border, and that I'm going to quote the Houston Chronicle. They're characterizing this as strong man jingoism. That's a huge driver to create this momentum for completing the second 30-foot watt. Could you comment on that, Ricardo? Well, yes. Um, I mean, um, sometimes it seems as if it were a bipartisan issue, right? Like, uh, uh, in, in, uh, cosmetically, it seems like um, the two parties have different opinions on this, but in, the, in reality, it's always happening in just one direction. Uh, which is harnessing and building bigger walls and, you know, uh, adding all military technology, um, tested in Afghanistan to the border, regardless of the color of the party. And, um, and so it seems like the people supporting this, it's, uh, 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 besides or uh, not along party lines, just because, probably because they see the righteousness of it. Uh, but it, sometimes it's um, it's a very uh, difficult struggle because, as we know, this is um, a political um, uh, food, right? Like people uh, will go for this and uh, rally their their constituency around this um, sort of made-up issue. I mean, I understand the migration issue is, is important. However, I don't think um, it's proven, uh, the, the, the approach has proven to be efficient. And so we just keep uh, injuring our, our border communities, our border cities, and the, the landscape and the natural landscape uh, on this, what's now called the, 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 Amer the, uh, the scar on the American land. So it's, uh, to me, being from uh, a, a bit, you know, away from the U.S. political arena, it's just saddening, really, to think that um, it's more of, um, of something that uh, you, some, some issue that you can uh, put uh, the electorate in your pocket with. So it, there are 
some um, politicians there are people in the administrations uh, rooting for 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 the friends of friendship park park cost, but uh, I feel sometimes I thought the, the less the, the minimum. Speak up, please. And I, I sometimes I, I feel like um, the 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 more weight is on the let's build bigger walls side and not in the let's have friendship and um, some kind of other other approach to security. And um, so I'm not that familiar with uh, the political uh, and um, and the issues there. I'm very more, much familiar with uh, the people, uh, the citizens uh, rallying up against this kind of uh, policy and the wall. So uh, is- however, I think this is an issue that really would have to bring the electorate together, and uh, I hope it does. A visit. Well, so let people speaking of visiting, you can give us all of the organizations quickly where people can follow and find out more about actions and specifics in the ground sure. and follow all that. So and as we close, please. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, you can always visit friendshippark.org, friendshippark.org, org. Uh, it's a website really... Um, Updated, very populated with, uh, as you said, different campaigns that people can take action upon. And I would say that the best place to uh, contact the movement and be a part of it, there's also the Facebook page, Friends of Friendship Park. And there's another one that's called um, the National Garden of Friendship, which is also very, very busy with uh, showing what we do. Not only about the wall being renewed, but also what happens there on a regular basis. We care of our plans. We meet people. We meet with people. Um, we have um, a justice project going on. And so people can, can look at that. Also, the Instagram page for yes. Friendship Park, which is Friendship Park US, um, is really, really well documenting um, the, the current situation. So... Uh, it's almost a, a daily life feed where you can check on what's really happening because uh, I don't know to many people it's so foreign right it's happening so far away and not everyone knows the border actually so I think that's a, a, a good resource to go online and check Thank you, Ricardo. This was such a help, and I'm so sorry that people didn't get to hear John's work. And we're going to get him on because there's the border church that he's overseeing and the others. We're going to do it all, but Ricardo anchored us down in the community and the productivity in literal and figurative terms. Ricardo, thank you so much for being on Ask a Leader today. Claudia, and uh, a big thank you to your audience, too. Thank you. My guest was Ricardo Arana Camarena, and he is the director of the Food Justice Project, Cultiva Ya, co-creator of the Community Garden Project at the Binational Native Plants Park there at the Mexican side. That's my wrap. Next week, uh, we're going to have some theater people with the South Coast Repertory and Wayward Artists with plays we can all see in the next couple of weeks. Talk with you next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Anda que viene la cosecha, mamá. Anda que viene la cosecha, mamá.